Previously on Beginning the Trek. I think my absolute, absolute favorite moment was Captain Kirk opens where he's where they're holding all the grain and then he's standing in a just a whole pool of tribbles right because they've eaten all the grain and yes. they later that they're all dead which is really sad but you can tell there's an extra or a crew person or somebody just throwing tribbles at his head and it is so awesome. <laughs> you like that moment, do you? That, yes, that was my favorite. I think that might be my favorite moment thus far throughout all of Star Trek. Curious if that moment has gotten even better for you. Uh, I still think that this is a pretty perfect episode. Yeah. Mostly because it ignores all the rules and it purposefully ignores all the rules and it does it in the perfect way that you should ignore all the rules. Yeah, it is the perfect tribute to Star Trek. They give themselves and oh, I just I love this episode. I am so excited. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Beginning the Trek. My name is Andy Goldberg. I am the Star Trek veteran. I'm Jessica Ray. I have not seen any episodes of Star Trek before starting this trek. And of course, now I've seen a lot and lot and lot of them. <laughs> officially, after this episode, this is episode 36 for you. But unofficially, you have gone back and watched additional episodes from every series, it sounds like. Yes. I have gone back and started to watch continually from season three of DS9. So I'm wow. getting a lot more that I won't be talking about now <laughs> that anybody who's right, listening, right. I am having more joys with DS9 that you're never going to hear about, you know, unless you hit me up in Vegas at the con. <laughs> you really got into DS9 though. I do. I mean, I, I'm still exploring all of these characters and they do so much and it doesn't feel at all like the other Treks, which is, it's interesting. I, and it doesn't mean I necessarily like it more or less. I do find myself still going back to the animated series every once in a while and the original series, like just to have that kind of one-off campy, that feels like Star Trek in a completely different way so but we're gonna we're yeah. actually i mean this is our last episode of ds9 so we're gonna talk a lot after we talk about trials and tribulations exactly so if if this is your first time with us on beginning the trek you may want to go back to the beginning start with episode one and begin your trek there especially if this is your first time with star trek as well because that guided tour starts all the way back at the beginning. Yeah, you don't want to be starting with this one. Trust me, as having gone through this. <laughs> yeah, this one is... Not the one to start with. This one is dessert. This is this is definitely dessert. Uh, and today, uh, for those of you that are with us on episode 36, we are doing Deep Space Nine's very own original series crossover episode, Trials and Tribulations. Are we, are we ready to delve into the quote fingers story? I've got my, I've got my synopsis ready. I, I, I want to tell you, it just, it, it worked out that way that you get the synopsis. I'm jealous and I can't wait to hear what you wrote. So go for it. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Temporal investigation agents Dolmer and Luxley are aboard Deep Space Nine to question Cisco about a recent trip through time due to transporting an orb that they picked up from Cardassia. They also took on a passenger, Barry Waddle, who has the worst name, especially for a Klingon bad guy in hiding. Waddle mocks Worf, and then we kind of all mock Worf, and then Waddle uses the orb to take us back to Kirk's time, 
where we see not the Enterprise 2 through 5 or 6, but the original, the NCC-1701. Although Dolmer and Luxie are horrified, saying that Kirk already had 17 separate temporal violations, Sisko and crew are truly thrilled to be meeting ex-lovers and heroes of the past and putting on beehive hairdos and classic uniforms. And oh yeah, we're also looking for that bad guy Waddle, who's the Klingon disguised as a human that we saw Kirk call out so very long ago. His name is Darvin, but who cares? He's now forever Waddle. We spend quite a lot of time lovingly mocking Klingon face changes, time paradoxes, nostalgia for old texts, and campy bar fights. We do catch Waddle. He monologues about killing Kirk with a tribble. So we actually begin searching the ships in earnest, which leads to Dax and Sisko in a container full of tribbles, scanning for a single killer tribble and tossing the useless ones down below. <laughs> tribble problems taken care of, and we head back to our time with only one more problem. How do we get them off of DS9 now? And even more importantly to me, why isn't there a song about the Great Tribble Hunt? There should be a song about the Great Tribble Hunt. <laughs> somebody must have done that. Somebody right? must have done If not, somebody should do that right away. A Klingon song about the Great Tribble Hunt. It wouldn't even have to be Klingon, really, because this was the Great Tribble Hunt, in my opinion. Let's talk about tribbles. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am too. I am so, like, this was the episode I have been waiting for for, I don't know, seven months. And I know why now, because you had said that before. And now I know why, because I said one particular thing that we've played, yep. which we might as well, because this is the first thing in my notes. Okay. Was the, like, this had so many great moments, obviously. I'm giving it five out of five of the tricorders. Boom! That they were using. So. Five out of five tricorders. Okay, because those those tricorders showed up everywhere, yeah, they did. right? Those original series. Dax playing with hers. Loving on the metal. Bashir with his flap open, <laughs> you know. You're losing your battery life. <laughs> oh my! You're losing battery. You're losing. You're losing power. You're draining power. Uh, we'll get to that moment later. <laughs> this was so very well done. But eh, Kirk was actually getting pelted right? by Cisco and Dax. Yes. 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 <laughs> Yes. Do you have any idea how restrained I had to be for the last several months trying to, like, not and hope that nobody somehow spilled those beans to you? Because nobody spilled anything. And I didn't even know until that moment when I was just, like, gleefully happy watching the screen thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> they are pelting him. That's phenomenal. Which means that somebody watched that, saw the same thing I saw, and then was brilliant enough to put that in and make, oh, which is exactly what they did with the entire episode. Yes, the whole episode was built on moments like that. That was certainly one of the best because it retconned so beautifully that that thing we all talk about, about Kirk getting just beaten up by those tribbles as they fall out of the fall out of the, the storage just, compartment. And you know oh, someone's so got to be tossing those things, right? I mean... Yes, everybody realized that. You, you talked about it when you saw it. Yeah. Turns out there was a completely justifiable reason why those things were being tossed around out there. You just didn't know. Well, do they have... Like, if I were to go, I, I did not go back and watch the original series because I didn't, I wanted to, to kind of contain it in my brain, at least for right. I'm sure I will. I have no doubt that I will. Uh, if I go back and watch the original series, do they have a version of that actual episode where, like, O'Brien and Bashir are in line? 
I have not seen that exact cut, but I do. I'm going to post some. We're going to post some uh, links. One of the links is um, a side by side comparison of the original Trouble with Tribbles, the bar fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the and in the bar fight, it includes that lineup at the end uh, where Kirk is questioning people and you can see but it's not like if i were to go back that they would have another version like you could see that episode they didn't anakin skywalker yeah oh that would be kind of fun be like an alt trouble with tribbles i'll bet there's i'll bet somebody has done that somewhere where you can see dax on the bridge Mm. uh even though the story is still about kirk you've got dax there and think about yeah because they did such a great job of just of telling a whole nother story Mm -hmm. over the top of an already existing story without doing anything to change the already existing story. Not one tiny bit Uh, of the, of the original story got, what what got changed? We'll never know. Will we? Now that's true. We may, unless of course we are living in an alternate timeline. And if we are, I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cisco forever giving orders and then breaking rules. Like he tells Dax and he holds her back and then he, you know, fangirls on Captain Kirk and does exactly what he tells her not to do. So it okay. <laughs> yes. I get it. Who wouldn't? But much like much like the time police people, whatever they're Temporal investigations. The temporal investigations guys. They're like, well, who wouldn't? I mean, really. <laughs> yeah. So, so Temporal Investigations, the, t- the two guys from Temporal Investigations are Agents Dalmar and Luxley. And those are anagrams for Mulder and Scully. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah. Huh. I... No, now, now I can't not see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dulmer, D-U-L-M-A-R, uh-huh. Mulder, there it is. And, and Luxley is Scully. So a little... little uh, Easter egg for uh, for X Files fans. Cute. This whole episode was t- was was nothing but fan service of so many different ways, mm-hmm. and beautifully done. I mean, they just we're going to go all out, and boy, did they just pick the right all of it. They did. I had to say, like halfway through, I was like, "Oh, this is original series porn, essentially." <laughs> <laughs> The story doesn't matter. That's not why you're watching it's this. Totally original series porn. <laughs> it is like you are there to see Dax in the boots and the beehive. You are even Dax and Cisco and every like themselves are there to be us, like being fangirls of the original series, and they are. Every part of it, every part of it. You get the one that you get Dax, who's just so nostalgic mm-hmm. for the time period, this hokey stuff, mm-hmm. right? And then on the other side, you get Bashir, who's like, I don't know anything about this time. And so you get to, if if you're one of those, if you never watched the original series, watch it through his eyes. Well, I would probably be O'Brien, where I'm like, that's Captain Kirk. And everybody's like, are you sure? Yes, that's him. <laughs> that that's the one that I would be. And the bar fight, would, I told you the bar fight was probably still going on. <laughs> yes. The bar fight lasted 30 years, didn't you it? You did. You said, I remember that. You're like, that bar fight's still probably going on. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. Cute. Yep, yep. You know what you ought to point out that I found out while reading about this is that's actually Kirk's stunt double. Really? The guy that's sitting there next to Scotty? Yeah. 
Okay, there's a piece of trivia I did not know. If the yet again one of these, like I read it on the internet. I I, I believe it. It was a I legit totally fight, believe it. But... He gets in the fight. You know, they got to have a guy who's fighting. Um, in <laughs> fact, when you look at him um, from behind, right. because you know he throws that chair away and stuff. Now we're talking about the trouble with tribbles. I just wanted to point out we've now transitioned to let's talk about well, let's talk about. Kirk's stuff. Well, there was no way we weren't in the going show to be. that was done 50 years <laughs> ago that we are now reprising. <laughs> but it, but that's the, the, the brilliant choice of using the Trouble with Tribbles. This was probably going to be the one they were going to do. They knew that with the 30th anniversary of Star Trek, the original series, they wanted to do something like this. And when Forrest Gump, the movie, came out that made the green screen and all these, mm-hmm. these early effects possible. Um, cause I mean, we can practically do this now on our, on our phones, but back then nobody had ever seen like this level of technology except in things like Forrest Gump. Yeah, we can put in all kinds of stuff. They knew they were going back and it was just the most bizarre story that is told by the producer, one of the producers, Iris Stephen Baird, wanted to find somebody who, an actor that was still working, that was in one of the original shows, Mm -hmm. and Iris Stephen Baird, who talks about being at a pizza parlor in, like, Beverly Hills, is sitting there when Charlie Brill, the guy who played Arn Darvin, the Klingon spy, walks into the pizza parlor. Like... What he says is God is clearly a Deep Space Nine fan because... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's one of those, what are the odds? Right? Like, 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 how does that happen? Higher in L.A. than anywhere else. <laughs> you're trying to figure out what you're going to do and in walks the answer to your problem. Right. And wasn't he fun? Wasn't it kind of fun to see that character recreated? Okay, I just, like, I'm I'm rolling my eyes because it's so ridiculous. And I understand it is ridiculous. They know it's ridiculous. They're poking fun at the ridiculous. It's still really ridiculous. You're going to kill Kirk with a tribble, really? Like, that's how you're going to go back in time? You're going to monologue about it afterwards? So, like, I will try to contain my eye rolling because it was... The perfect, yes, there's eye rolling, but yes, they know there's eye rolling. So I get it. Well, remember how campy the original series was? Oh, yeah. Was this not every bit as campy? Was this not, I mean, even even the feel of it was, yeah, like this could be an original series episode. Yeah, it was just that ridiculous. It it fit right in. Yeah, of the, we're going to leave this unguarded. And we're going to, like, our security is going to kind of be like, what's going on? And then get distracted by something. Yeah, it was, uh, it was beautiful. It was so very clearly done with so much love on every level. Not just the technical, somebody went through every frame and made it, uh, not just on the props. Like, somebody went through and studied how the light fell on that wall in the original series and then recreated that so very clearly with the actors and the writing it poking fun wharf the we don't talk about it line yes that couldn't get more beautiful right i want to know the story that's not the point we don't talk when wharf says we don't talk about it and and it makes no sense in history that they wouldn't know that klingons looked different it's we don't talk about it that is every fan that is everybody who's ever had to come up with a reason for why we just don't talk about it okay just let it go it's yes i cannot even it was so gorgeous so there wonderful were, there were there were so many call outs 
to the original series and to some of the fan complaints, fan criticisms that we've had. Um, You've already complained about them. The, the, The uniforms of the women, why are they having to wear those? Well, we call that out. Yeah, we didn't make it any better, but... Why did they change colors? Why suddenly is gold, was gold command, and now it's not, and now it's red, when red used to be support services, mm-hmm. and, and Dax is nostalgic for something that's so clearly ridiculously out of date and hokey mm-hmm. looking. Even And then, of course, my favorite one is the one you just said, the Klingons. They do, in Enterprise, attempt to re-retcon oh, why? the change... And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. What you just said right there is exactly what, what fans all thought. Why? Get, like, Why would you give us this explanation? I was totally fine with it. And maybe some people wouldn't be. But, oh, my goodness, for someone to say, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a long, these are Klingons mm-hmm. and, it, you know, it's a long story, but that's it. And then they didn't. I kept expecting that something would happen with that. And it didn't. And then by the end, I was like, that was perfect. Good enough yeah. for me. It was like, we have this big gap that that fans are talking about, and we're going to call it out with the Klingon in the room. How fun was it when when Worf hears the Tribble purr for its first time? Mm-hmm. Did you did you remember that Klingons and Tribbles don't get along? Well, yeah, of course. He puts it, yeah, he puts it in his face, and he's like, I actually thought that Worf had a very understated reaction, but maybe I'm overdoing the reaction that I had seen in the original series. Because like I said, I didn't rewatch it. Maybe. Is it on par? Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was, I, exactly. I love his, what is that thing? And then his whole, his whole conversation With, oh about, no. you know, eradicating them and the great Tribble hunt. Yes. Oh my God. The great Tribble hunt. Odo is so freaking snarky. You know, Odo gave me the same reaction as like Spock when he picks up the Tribble and he's just like trying to be logical about it. But Odo's just sitting there being all charming and smiling, just petting the thing. And he's just like, are you sure? Because humanoids love fuzzy things when he's the one sitting there petting it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many little call outs like, like you picked up on that. I'm sure there were tons of things that you didn't pick up on. Did you pick up on Bashir saying I'm, I'm a doctor, not an engineer. Yes. That's actually in my notes. Like he got the, he got a line. He's wearing the blue and he's a great line. Yeah. He got a great line. I, I love O'Brien that doesn't want to touch any of this. It's all cross-circuited and patched together. I don't want to touch any of it. And then when he finally does touch mm-hmm. it, what happens? He shuts down all the power in the <laughs> section. So The extra in that scene just looking at him, like, that felt so original series, too. Like, I'm not sure if they told the actor to be a little bit that way or if it just works it works because he was awkward and it was another level awkward of like breaking that is it the fourth wall i'm not an actor is it the fifth wall there's a wall that gets broken when you're like yes audience you're here we acknowledge that it's the fourth wall there's four walls to a room so there's four walls on a stage usually so the wall that is between the audience and the stage and the actors is considered to be the fourth wall that doesn't exist. So by breaking that wall, that's the one that you go out and talk to the audience with. They did that. You didn't need to know no, that. No, 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 because now I will know forever yeah. that it's the fourth wall. You learned something there. <laughs> I learned things. I learned all kinds of things on Star Trek. Don't we all? Oh, it was the poking fun at themselves that was just... I mean, right up to the even the last moment with, mm-hmm. with all the triples on Deep Space Nine at Quark's... 
of course we're not going to see them in the future and they're not actually but oh just no. the whole thing was just so beautiful it was so it was fan service it was fun it was a great fun story i laughed my butt off the hysteria that bashir has when he thinks he's supposed to have a baby with his great grandma is so beautifully original series. Even the call out of the paradox, the call out of timey wine. Yes, but but this could be a, a the the, the, the mm-hmm. paradox and this and that. And what if I'm supposed to be my become my own great grandfather? Uh-huh. And isn't that what all of us sci-fi fans talk about every time that we get one of these time travel up? Even you did. Yes, I even when I didn't want to, I was like, I'm going to accept this. I'm going, but <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Yes. Yes, you can't not, at least a little. It didn't hurt it in any way at all. <laughs> not at all. It's, it, I just think oh, I, th- this is the kind of, it, this is almost like we're not actually talking episode. It's more like just a couple of Star Trek fans shooting the breeze. This is exactly what this episode, yes, this is exactly what this episode would do. This was dessert. You cannot, you cannot watch this without having seen the original Trouble with Tribbles. That would be so painful to sit through and not get and be awkward and boring and weird because it's not DS9 and you don't get, it would be awful. Clearly you have to start with the original series. Well, thank you for validating your track. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but but it gives it so much more depth and, and character is we acknowledge all of it and we try to be true to all of it and yet we still try to keep those ideas the star trek ideas of exploration of what's possible of where can we go you know what can we achieve being better not a lot of big messages in this episode no but if we are like if we do want to get back to episode episode instead of just calling out all of the fun things that poked fun at yeah let's talk, let's see if there's fans some... and the series there were a couple of things and my first one is Kira is way pregnant oh that's correct yeah she's having O'Brien's I kid I had no idea you gotta like she's having O'Brien's child right I forgot about that um, no she's not oh yeah she is um she's having O'Brien and Keiko's baby what you're messing with me. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, Kira's having Keiko and O'Brien's baby. Kira and Keiko were on a runabout with Bashir at one point, and there was an, some sort of accident. I don't remember exactly what happened, but they basically, Bashir basically transplants the baby out of Keiko and into Kira, who then carries it to term. What? Oh, yeah. Is even. I so thought you were messing with me. Nope. Create some interesting dynamic. Um, when we get to talking track, one of the things I'm going to mention, and this wasn't even on my radar, but I'm going to mention a few of the potential, a few of the storylines, mini spoilers. Okay. I won't tell you how any of them end, but I will tease you a little bit with some of the things that very similar to that. But yeah, she's way o pregnant right there. Yeah. With O'Brien's, with the O'Brien's baby. Whole different kind of surrogacy. Yeah. That was not what I expected because you had talked about her being in relationships. And then we even threw out who is Worf with, um, which I will say by the time this gets posted a while ago, there was a really big wedding, guys. Yes, there was. And an American married some royalty and it was a big deal. I don't know about for the rest of the world, but in America, we got like people got up at four in the morning to have tea and crumpets and watch 
her pop out in her beautiful dress. People started posting pictures of Star Trek weddings then as a joke. And so I did end up seeing some of the Star Trek wedding. Like, uh, I actually didn't know that Riker marries Counselor Troy. In, in Yes, in one of the movies. So that popped up, and I learned that kind of super out of context. And uh, it, it totally spoiled the who is with Worf. Clearly, it's Dax, because they have a wedding. Uh, the, the wedding of... The, you want to see the royal wedding? You are cordially invited is the name of the episode. Well, that's a beautiful episode name. It is the most beautiful wedding dress you will ever see in your life. It is gorgeous. Okay. And it's this beautiful red thing that... And all the cosplay nerds just geek out. It's, it's impressive. It's impressive. And I'll be, and I'll be honest, I've, I've actually spoiled it. I, I, as I went back and I edited an, an episode, I realized that I'd already kind of mentioned the Kira and Odo friendship that turns into a romance. But you also mentioned that that was that was a thing she was with a guy on uh Bajor as well who I don't know ends up being a politician or something for Bajor. Um he's a Vedic. He's a yeah, he's a the religious figure. Oh, okay. Basically all the all all the leaders there seem to be mostly religious figures, so. There are totally societies that do that. So I had assumed when I saw her pregnant, I was like, "Oh, this is somebody's ba- I did there was no thought in my mind that that was O'Brien's the O'Brien's I know okay I know and I so nonchalantly and casually said it that how could it be anything other than a joke but nope that's a real storyline Star Trek is weird um, deep space and, and and here's where we are this is the dessert episode trials and tribulations was dessert there's no Dominion talk it's late in the show so you get to see all the characters mm-hmm. are firing on full cylinders even even Bashir here is silly yes. Yes. Fun. Very silly. Right? And, and silly. Like, he's even making fun of himself now for his his, mm-hmm. his own level of yeah. crazy around women. That if he doesn't fall in love with this woman, he might not ever right. be born. And then he really wants to see the look on O'Brien's face. When he doesn't exist. Yes. When he doesn't exist yeah. anymore. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, something else that was not related to the original series, kind of? Apparently, Dax had a relationship with the Doctor. The one component of this whole thing that I wish they hadn't done. Ew. It didn't, that, that didn't work for me. I don't know why, ew. I know she's lived other lives. I don't have a problem that, that she would remember him. Mm -hmm. I had a problem that they suddenly, like the thing that they call out about him is that he had the hands of a surgeon. That was never his character. That was never who he was for any of us. So why not call out? Well, but that's who she is. She is like sex kitten all the time. She doesn't like, she's very open. She's big into that. I like, I get it. That's a part of her character. They really pushed that. I thought. Yeah. I didn't like that. That was the one connection moment that I just didn't. I said that just did not play for me it, it has that feeling of just like everybody really like everybody you've slept with i don't know there's a there's like i don't i don't want to be judgy yeah ew and you didn't like the funny thing is i didn't like it because there's no she's already super 
they've made her hot. They've made her open. She didn't really, and you didn't like it because they called out one of your characters from the original series and made him something that that I didn't think was wasn't really there and didn't didn't need to be there. Like, meh. I I, I would not have minded the connection. I just think that what they used for the connection didn't work. It pushed the thing. It was just like, yes, we get it. She's open. She's flirtatious. She loves the attention. She has no... I mean, we've seen this in all kinds of other episodes where her her lines are not other people's lines. And that would happen if I would imagine if you were this kind of being who has lived all these lives. So they didn't need to push that even more and make it... Like, it went from wink, wink, nudge, nudge to look how far we can push this sexually to make her more of a sex kitten. I don't know. Is that like liberated or is that just I, I don't using know. her? It, it, it seems, it seems very, it felt very forced. The whole thing felt very forced. And now I'm thinking about it. McCoy wasn't a huge part of the trouble with Tribbles. He stayed in the lab. Mm-hmm. He did his tests. He figured out the times he, they're born pregnant. Right, right. And he was there for the big reveal at the end, which they showed right. here. But they were looking for a way for every one of the original series characters to have some moment. Like Chekhov and Uhura at the beginning with, the uh, you know, when they first come in. And they're the first two we see from the original series, which is so cool. Yeah. When they, it's like, oh, we're on the Enterprise. That looks like the Enterprise. Oh, yeah, that kind of looks like that space station. There's Chekhov and Uhura. Walking into the bar. Yep. So this is that moment. Yes. That was the moment where it was like solid. We are in that episode now. And there wasn't much for McCoy now that I think there about it. There was nothing it. for Sulu. Sulu wasn't in the trouble with Tribbles, as it turns out. I miss him. In a lot of the second season episodes, they had either Sulu or Chekhov. It was probably a budgetary thing. I suppose it may. But you were saying they every command was given a call out of some kind or another. Man, they gushed over Kirk. Everybody wanted to meet Kirk and shake Kirk's hand. And the man was a monster. Oh, isn't that great? That was one of the better ones, too, because I was like, yes, he was. And I have said that before. What the hell, guys? Like, how are you not just messing with all kinds of timelines? And of course, everybody knows it. This isn't a new idea. Uh, it was the poking fun at themselves that was just brilliant. If you were standing there, you'd be the same way. Maybe. 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 You don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I do want to point this out because I was this much of a nerd. Uh, 1,771,561 trebles. Mm-hmm. That's one trivial with an average litter of 10 every 12 hours over a three-day period. I did the math 40 years ago when I first watched the episode. It's mm-hmm. correct. Uh, and for some reason, that number has always stuck with me. And No, 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 no. That they were correct? They did their... Oh, yeah, they did Star the math. Star Trek did their math. Oh, they did their math. Yeah, it's 1,771,561. Sometimes they have a problem with logic, but they don't usually have a problem with math. You can spe- you can set up a spreadsheet. It's not that hard. I don't want to look at... No. You guys can do the math. I am such a nerd. You know how I feel about the maths. I do know how you feel about the math. Everybody who has listened to this show knows how I feel about the maths. I'm like, you made me add. <laughs> 
So anything else we want to talk about regarding triples, regarding... It was really fun. This is basically porn. <laughs> Killing Kirk with a triple is ridiculous. 17 temporal violation. The men was Bashir a gets the I'm not a doctor. Oh, um, so the bad guy's name is Waddle. So the bad guy was... The bad guy's name is Arn Darvin. You're a Klingon, for goodness sake. Go just, like, Klingon it up. That's not okay. I... He was a horrible Klingon. Like, if Worf is the best Klingon ever... He was standing next to the worst Klingon of all that, time. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Down to the name he picked. If you could change your name to Waddle? Trek talk, right? We are going to talk Trek. Are we going to talk all of DS9? Are we leaving room for us to do a recap? So so I don't want to have... We're not going to do an actual Deep Space Nine wrap-up show. We're going to move right into the next series next week. But I thought we would take some time during Talking Track to talk a little bit about the future storylines of Deep Space Nine, where it's where some of it's going, give you some like little teaser spoilers, just enough to get you a little more curious about it. Okay. Uh, and then um, a couple of recommendations along those lines. And then also um, really just wanted to like wrap it up and Get some impressions, see what you think. I think this is the way to do it because the truth is if we did a whole thing just on DS9, the wrap-up is going to be very unsatisfactory because I will still not be able to watch that amount of episodes in the short amount of time that we have and get a cohesive picture that uh, that I could contribute in any kind of way as, as reactions or thoughts or... So if you're wondering why we're not doing a wrap up, it's because it kind of wouldn't be worth it for you guys listening. It ain't wrapped up. It, there's no wrapping. Yeah, you're right. It's an open My box. whole point was not to wrap up Deep Space Nine. My whole point was to drive you into Deep Space Nine at 10 million miles an hour and then say, keep going. You made me sit through some not great stuff. It wasn't like awful, awful. They made us... They made us sit through they made some all of us bad episodes at the beginning, ones you didn't see, uh, and some episodes that were lacking in a lot of ways. There were character development issues. There were story issues. This was before television was doing long story arcs, so they were still learning their footing. And thank goodness Star Trek fans gave them enough viewership to give them the time to figure it out. This is the problem with DS9. The biggest problem with DS9 is it's so good once you get through the first couple of seasons. That was that was my that has been my biggest problem with it is I don't necessarily why didn't they start with season like why didn't they start with the search? Why didn't and it's silly to say that like oh get, you need all of the character development now. Nah, just throw me right in. You know, toss me right in. I'll figure it out of what's happening as long as they've figured it out. And it took them so long to figure it out. Yeah, well, it took them a couple of seasons to figure it out. So why don't they just give me the best thing right now, right when I want it? Exactly. And they should know what that is. Because me, 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 me. Right? But there is no doubt that I will be finishing this. And I am, to be honest, super proud of anybody who sat through. Uh, because my cousin actually got with me when I told her she had recently started watching Star Trek. Uh, and... 
And I told, I asked her what her favorite was. She says, oh, DS9, I, I just plowed through it. And I was like, really? Because I had to have somebody hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, but you don't need me to hold your hand anymore. You're ready. No. I'm... You're ready to run with the, run with the gazelles. <laughs> yep, yep. So where, where are the gazelles hopping? You were going to tell me about storylines. Yeah, so let me mention a few. Um, and, and so these are going to be mini spoilers and then one kind of big spoiler that I will throw out there at the end. So let me start by telling you about a new character that's going to show up late in the show, sixth or seventh season. His name is Vic Fontaine. He is a self-aware hologram okay. and a lounge singer in 1950s Las Vegas. Okay. So he's a crooner. More music. Played yes, but this but is probably good. But this is we're now we're talking about like my way, and we're talking about good old Sinatra tunes, and and James Darren plays Vic Fontaine. So this was a program that somebody wrote, a guy named Felix wrote, that uh, they turned on and they just kept him running in a hollow suite in Quarks, twenty four seven. He's always on. It's you can go to the, his little lounge and he's always singing he's got his band and uh it becomes a, a another place for social gathering so Interesting. Um, yeah and vic becomes really he becomes really uh connected to nog actually nog goes off to the academy mm -hmm. and comes back and gets involved as a cadet in uh an episode and i'm going to recommend this one this is the eighth episode of the seventh season it's called the siege of ar 558 the siege of ar 558 so this is my first recommendation okay in this episode nog as a as a cadet um along with cisco and a couple of others uh get involved in a very bloody conflict with the jemhadar nag is wounded and basically earns his combat stripes in this episode and then vic fontaine okay. is instrumental in sort of nursing him back to health mentally Interesting. A really great episode. And I'm going to also mention another Vic Fontaine episode that's one of my favorites. Let's talk about Dr. Bashir. Yeah, you told me he's super awesome, eugenics. He gets there. I have not seen one little hint of that. I'm sure. And if you were to, to, to continue from where you are right now, you would start to see those moments. Okay. Because he gets involved with um, a, a little organization called Section 31. Have you heard about Section 31? In very much in passing when people are tending to be upset at Star Trek for having that. <laughs> that is the only reference that I have heard of it is the, the, the scoffing. Like, oh, that shouldn't have existed in the Federation. And I don't know what it is. Like, I'm assuming it's their CIA or something. Maybe even a little bit darker than CIA. This guy named Sloan shows up and he says that he's from Section 31 and they're this secret organization, this place that exists sort of outside of the Federation that's there to protect Federation interests by doing whatever is necessary. And all those lunches that Bashir's been having with Garrick mm -hmm. and all the spy and intrigue stuff will lead him to becoming a spy of his own because they are a black organization. And yeah, it, it's polarizing. It's a polarizing part of, of hmm. Star Trek. Cool. Those prophets, remember those wormhole aliens? Yeah, I remember. They've been at the back of my mind. Like, when are they going to collect all the orbs? Also, these orbs are not prophets, because clearly... Also, we've been traipsing back and forth since the very moment they said traipsing back and forth between us hurts us. So it's been annoying me in the back of my head. I haven't brought it up, but it's been there. 
it all starts to become more cloudy once you get to the, the, the later seasons because they are mysterious and bizarre and they've got their own versions of prophecy and their own version of who Cisco is. And Cisco at one point decides that he doesn't want to be this emissary anymore. Mm-hmm. He goes through a huge story arc with the prophets. So they do come back into play. The orbs aren't the prophets though. No. Because they established in this right here that each because this is the first this episode, Trials and Tribulations, actually we didn't bring it up in the episode, but it established for me that the orbs are things that do things and each one does an individual thing of its own. This was the orb of time. Right. So why are the Cardassians passing around orb of time? To, like that doesn't seem very Cardassian at all. I, Whatever. Well, maybe because they had some bad experiences with it themselves and they want to just get rid of it. And they're like, give it to the, give it to Mr. Waddle or Good whoever. call guys. Yeah. Good yeah. call. <laughs> give it to the Federation. Let them play with the damn thing. That's for a insane. While. That's insane. And we know it, but you got it. But, yeah. but, but the point is like, I now get to see the orbs aren't, I thought that the orbs were the beings that were in the wormhole, and that is not the case. They're actually like components of the religion, and they obviously have magical or, or spiritual properties, and they channel things. And when you get them all together, and then you have the fifth element, uh, the right bad guy will get shot from love, because love. It, because love is the fifth element. Yes. And that's exactly... How much did I call the ending? Um, not that much. Okay. Not even a little bit. No. Awesome. Good. Because I don't necessarily. But I will tell you that besides the prophets, there are these things called the pa wraiths. They're basically the, well, some people consider them to be the bad guys. And at one point, well, Goldicott kind of gets involved with those things. So it leads to some pretty epic conclusions in the seventh season. The pa wraiths are a part of the wormhole aliens. Yeah, so the Pares, the Wormhole Aliens, they've got a history together, and uh, now we have an emissary from both sides. Okay. So you can imagine what the seventh season might look like with all that happening. I really can't. <laughs> you really can't. And if you can't imagine that, you can. You certainly can't imagine what happens to Odo, Kira, and Garrick at the end of their journey through Deep Space Nine, where they end up and the things that Kira has to do to resolve her part of the journey is astonishing. I don't even want to, I'm not even going to spoil that for you, but you'll go back and say, she did what? And she's awesome for it. Okay. You ready for the big one? I'm going to give you one big spoiler. Okay, I'm ready. Tell me. All right. Here's the big spoiler. There is one character that I am going to tell you that dies. And when I say that this character dies, I mean they are gone. We're not going to get your typical, they're going to come back in the next episode or later that episode. No dream world, no timey-wimey, no... No. Just kidding. We resurrected them through the replicator... And I'm actually kind of totally lying because you'll you'll understand in a moment. Because Terry Farrell, okay. the actress that played Judzia Dax, mm-hmm. at the end of the sixth season, was given an opportunity to co-star with Ted Danson on a television show called Becker. And she took it. So she left Deep Space Nine. And so they killed off Judzia Dax. Mm-hmm. After Judzia is killed, the symbiote Dax is transplanted into a new host, a girl named Esri, who was never trained to be an actual host. This isn't somebody we've met before either. Nope. She's a brand new actress. All new. Okay. So in the seventh season, Esri will seek out the only person that she can think of that she has any connection with, Ben Sisko. So 
Esri Dax joins the crew. Interesting. Brand new Dax with all of the memories, but a totally different personality and character, and everybody has to deal with it, including her widow, Worf. Oh, wow. Because he didn't marry Ezri, he married Jadzia. So that's a big spoiler that I'm giving you. You would think that Dax would know that. I mean, they've mentioned several times she's been a mother twice and a father three times. And like when it comes to family, I can see the depth of why you would want to train somebody and know that they are good for having a symbiote in them they're not only trained but they're going they go through strict testing and they are right you know that That they can handle it and and she was just the only compatible source and you know every time you move every time you move a symbiote out it could kill the host so she's stuck with dax for the rest of her life yeah yep she becomes a fun and interesting character you know who we didn't talk about apparently bashir ended up with um lita Lita. For a while, yes. He ends up with Lita for a while. And I saw one moment of that when he meets her and then runs off to go see... Was this an extra one that I watched? He runs off to go see somebody who, like, he missed the question on the test. Oh, yes. Makes such a big deal of that. And then he actually meets that lady and you never hear from her again. Or I haven't heard from her again. From, from that episode on, she will become a recurring character on Deep Space Nine. The, the character's name is Lita. Mm-hmm. The actress's name is Chase Masterson. Mm-hmm. I watched her give a speech at a Star Trek convention a couple of years ago. It was, it was just, she is so empathetic and so caring about people. And it, mm-hmm. it, just, it, it just drips out of her. She's amazing. She's an amazing woman. That's awesome. And she will have a, a love affair with Bashir. Mm-hmm. They will break up, and then she will have a love affair with Rom. Okay. You said that Rom goes on his own journey, too. Rom goes through so many changes and does so much stuff, and and yeah, I, I don't want to spoil where he ends up, but as you watch more episodes, you will, fall, just like some of these other characters that you're like, I don't know about this guy, you'll fall in love with Rom, and you'll be like, I can't believe I'm going to fall in love with this guy. <laughs> when, when they were just misogynistic and... Capitalistic... Whiny little trolls, little trolls, I think was the word you used. It was easy to not care for them, but boy, as you get to meet them, they're kind of (laughs) awesome. But I've already said that. I'm that's not surprising. Yeah, can I give you a couple of recommendations? Just some fun ones. So I've already talked about the Siege of AR-558, and that's a serious episode, it's an action filled episode. Um, for fun. Because this was a fun episode, mm-hmm. tr- uh, the trials and tribulations. Uh, looking for part ma in all the wrong places. <laughs> okay, is a great fifth season episode, third episode of the fifth season, and this is kind of a a, a modern or a DS9 retelling of Cyrano de Bergerac. Okay. Quark will be in the role of Christian, the one who wants to romance his wife. The Klingon, Grilka, who I mentioned in the House of Quark, the episode House of Quark. Sure. If you remember that piece. Mm -hmm. And uh, Worf will actually uh, kind of teach him how to be a Klingon, like Cyrano teaches Christian how to... Woo her. ...spout poetry. Yes. So... Really? Worf? Yeah, it's it's fun. And this is the first episode where you see the Jadzia slash Worf connection okay and it's it's klingon hot (laughs) i don't know what that means but i'll find out (laughs) 
It's Klingon hot. It's definitely. All right. Now, I've saved this. This is my last recommendation of all of Deep Space Nine. It's outside of the Dominion War uh, for the most part. This is a hollow sweet episode, and it's my all-time favorite hollow fiction episode ever. So when they go into the holodeck and they're just going in there for recreation, Mm -hmm. this is my favorite. It is episode 15 of the seventh season. It's called Bada Bing, Bada Bang. It takes place at Vic Fontaine's Casino Lounge, Mm -hmm. and the, the whole episode is basically a casino heist done by our our heroes from Deep Space Nine. Okay. It's fun. It's exciting. Part of the reason I told you about the whole Esri Dax thing is because she's the Dax you'll see in this episode. So if you go back and watch this, that's Esri, that cute little bobbed haircut. That's Dax. That's Dax. Mm -hmm. I haven't even seen her on like the pictures of casts and stuff. That's odd. Most of the time she, she's, she's, not forgotten, but she certainly, she sort of shows up just at the end for that last season. But I like her character. She's a, a charming and adorable character. For, for, for a non-human, she adds a nice human element to Deep Space Nine during the end of the Dominion War. Uh, but bada bing, bada bang, uh, I gotta warn you, mm. there is singing. Well, you did mention Vic Fontaine, so I assume with anything in there, he's going to be, there's going to be some singing. There's going to be a duet. But I'm a fan of the Rat Pack and Oh, yeah, and you'll love this song because this is one of those. <laughs> so so that's th- those are some recommendations I got for um, those of you. And then, of course, just start with episode two of season. Anywhere. You know, I mean, start with the third right. season, the fourth season. You're there. So next week... <laughs> next week, next week, next week. Folks, if you could see her face right now, it's like like you look like a kid on Christmas morning. You just do. I want to find my trek. Okay, I suppose you and I should get to next week. So we've finished our fourth series and we're about to start our fifth. That's crazy. And this is called Star Trek Voyager. Yay! Starring Kate Mulgrew. As Captain Catherine Janeway. So we have seen we have seen some women captains at this point. Yes. But this will be the first time that uh, a woman will be the opening credit. I'm so happy it's her. I obviously I like I didn't know I didn't even know she existed in the Star Trek universe until this trek. Um, but Kate Mulgrew to me is Orange is the New Black. She's red. Sure, uh, right. And I just, I, spunky and amazing and great and like act, acting wise, yes, I am excited. She's got chops and they're great. <laughs> she has huge chops and, and she fills the shoes of Captain very powerfully. And probably in a whole new way. So that's what I'm excited about. So, so here's my question. Social media is what it is. You're out there. Did we make it to Voyager without you knowing what Voyager is about? I know that Voyager is a smaller ship, and I'm pretty sure that they're, like, out somewhere not attached to Federation or something. And then there's a war. Okay. But that's, like, literally, like, I'm pretty sure they can't call home. They don't get the DS9 where they're like, come and save us, Enterprise. That is essentially everything that I know. And I'm not even sure that that bit's completely correct. Yeah. Cause not, not all of that was hundred percent accurate either. Okay. So that's just seriously what I picked up. That's yeah, it. Okay. Good. Cause I worked really hard to get you to this moment without like 
like I, I wanted you to walk into this with no idea what this show was about. So, and, and it, we're pretty close. Sounds like you're pretty close to not knowing it all. What makes Voyager unique in my mind is it's an epic. It's an epic story told epically. And we're going to handle this exactly the opposite of Deep Space Nine. Okay. Deep Space Nine, we went so slow as we developed character and we got to the to, to where mm-hmm. it gets good. And then left it there. Yes. This time we're going to do it completely different. The minute that the light turns green, I'm going to step on the gas so fast. We're going to blast to the center of, of Voyager by the fourth episode. We're going to be there. Okay. Okay. And then we're going to play in the second half of Voyager, which I think are some of the more interesting and powerful stories. So that's my plan. Okay. I don't know whether you need to know this yet or not, but I'm telling you. Okay. So your first episode from the first season... Episodes one and two. Do I get to call this a pilot? I'm no longer calling the first episode of the Star Treks (laughs) ever again. I don't know (laughs) about I don't know about Discovery, but I'm just going to say the first the first episode is Caretaker parts one and two. Okay, so. If you guys would like to join me, I will be watching this and tweeting out reactions at Begin the Trek on Twitter. Because where else do you tweet? Um, Sunday the 10th, <laughs> June 2018. Uh, if you are not on Twitter and Facebook's more your jam, that ends up on Facebook at Beginning the Trek. And if you have no hurry to see this, but you want to check it out, it will end up on the website uh, at begin- www.beginningthetrek.com. Once we release that episode, it'll be there. There you go. That's exciting. Yeah. So we're starting a brand new series. So there's no prediction because you don't know any of the characters at all, except for Captain Catherine. I know that Jerry, because we've talked about Jerry Ryan plays, I'm guessing because of the little eye thing, she's a Borg or semi-Borg. She's an offshoot of some kind of thing, but that's... We'll get to that in due course. That's kind of it. I'm coming into this all clean. If Voyager is your favorite thing... I'm excited to learn why. I really am. (laughs) You should see her face. You should see her face right now. And a lot of people love Voyager. (laughs) I am hopeful. I don't want to be disappointed. I'm very excited too, especially as I go through the track and I've got another idea that I think is going to be kind of fun that I'm saving for your Voyager track. Awesome. Will you enjoy Caretaker parts one and two? We'll be back to talk about it next week. How bad were we? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get better. Uh, we get much better, actually. I hope so. It's so funny. The, I, I just wanted to re-edit it right then and there. I wanted to just, you know, take take one more swing because some of the things that, that... We could do that. We could do that with this because what a perfect way to do it. Be like, this is the one that we decided to re-edit because we went back in time and... We could go back in time into our trouble with triples episode because yes, it's not meta enough that we're talking about going back in time while on a podcast in the future right we need to do that with our own podcast to mimic we've gone like triple meta yeah but i don't want to get in trouble with the boys from temporal investigations they'll never know 